0: Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. And for all those on Facebook Live, you can see we are in our new studio. Yes, it's a nice, great new studio. Lots of space. Great brick wall you can see behind me and uh, very tall ceilings, which you can't see on the video. Um, but we feel really good about moving into the new space. This has been our first week broadcasting from the new space. Thank God everything's been going well. Um, I really appreciate everyone who is been helping out with the move, a big shout out to all my interns. Um, they have been amazing, and they have really helped to make this process uh, so smooth and and I, I just want to talk briefly before I get into the quotes of the day that I even did a blog post today about receiving help and this is something that is uh, for so many of us it is important to keep in mind because I know for myself I have that tendency I have that streak within me of um, you know, doing everything myself. And, uh, you know, I need to do it on my own because no one can do it as good as me and all that kind of nonsense. And it has been a process over the years to learn to accept help from other people. And now that I am much more so able to accept help and to um, to allow others to help and do the things that they want to do and 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 really contribute uh, life is just so much easier so um a big shout out to everyone who helped with the move great to have them all and uh thank you all my listeners and wow we got a whole bunch of people already on the facebook live joe sam mark jonathan Bihar Richard, welcome. Welcome to the show today. All right, let's get started with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Sometimes when things take longer than you thought they would, it's just a gentle reminder that you have more time than you thought and that there's a journey to enjoy. Yeah, like all the time in the world, Enjoy every minute the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, reminding us that we actually do have a lot more time than we give ourselves credit for. And you know, it's interesting, I have a f- friend of mine, when somebody says life's short, they always respond, no, life is long. And I think that's what the universe is trying to remind us, that life is as short or as long as we perceive it to be. And the more we realize that we actually have all the time we need, because really this idea of future and past, it's really an illusion. We only have the present moment. We only have right here, right now, and that's all we need. So, yes, we have all the time in the world because everybody in the world is only in the moment right now, right here. There's only this minute, this second, and I'm glad we're spending it together. All right, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. A very good career choice would be to gravitate towards those activities and to embrace those desires that harmonize with your core intentions, which are freedom and growth and joy. Make a, quote, career of living a happy life rather than trying to find work that will produce enough income that you can do things with your money that will then make you happy. When feeling happy is of paramount importance to you and what you do, quote, for a living, unquote, makes you happy, you have found the best of all combinations. Abraham. Oh, thank you for all the hearts and and, and, uh, and streams and the. And something fell down. It's okay. Um, on the Facebook Live, welcome, Cole. We, I missed you last night when your hubby was on uh, Elizabeth's show. Um, so what is Abraham saying here? When it comes to the work that we do, and you know, we think of about supporting ourselves, about you know, paying our bills, making enough money to, to have a comfortable lifestyle, to, to be able to do the things we enjoy doing. What Abraham is saying here is as opposed to looking for, oh, just, just, just you know, let, let me find a job that makes lots of money and when I have lots of money, then I'll be real happy. Now, Abraham is saying here, you got it kind of backwards. Look at what are your core intentions? What are, what is the heart of what you really want? Because ultimately there's one thing or two things that ultimately we really want in life. We want to be happy and we want our freedom. That's really it. When you come, come down to the really core essentials, we want to be happy and we want our freedom. So what Abraham is saying is, why not look for work that aligns with those core desires, right what kind of work are you happy doing and it doesn't necessarily mean the work that you're good at you could be good at something but it doesn't necessarily make you real happy you know i'm good with numbers i'm good with computers and i enjoy working with them but i enjoy working with people even more so for me it's all about working with people so what is it that makes you happy now, this may sound simple. this may sound very logical, but it goes right over many people 's heads and I remember this one time uh, so acutely uh, uh, when I was back in college and I was on the speech and debate team there 's this guy who who had been on the speech speech and debate team before he graduated, and he would come back and help out sometimes after he graduated. And he was working for like some big insurance company. And I I believe his degree was like in economics or something. And at the time, you know, computer systems, IT, mainframe systems were, were were really big. And he took the test to get into their MIS program. And he got into the MIS program and he started training and learning all about computers and Computer programming and this and that, and I saw him like six months later, and I'm like, "So h- how's the new program going? How does it feel to be a programmer now?" And he goes, "Oh, I hate it." I'm like, "What? You you like were so excited about this. You were working so hard to, towards it. You hate it?" I said, "Why are you doing it?" And he was like, "Oh, because I'm making so much more money than I did before." And I like I like scratched my head, and I was like, "Huh? I, I like I just couldn't get it." Like, why would you do something you hate just for the money? And I don't know. There are a lot of people who do. Maybe I'm just built differently. But for myself personally, there's so many different things that I'm interested in. Why would I settle for something I don't like to do? Why would I do work I don't like just for a paycheck? I can find things I like and still get a paycheck. So, uh, it just it was an early lesson for me and and again i was only in college at the time what did i know and when i got out i actually did find lots of different jobs that i enjoyed and 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 actually for me personally what i learned over time was that the environment that i worked in was much more important to me than the actual work I was doing. As long as I was working with people, as long as it wasn't completely boring and mind-numbing, yeah, if if I did a job and I, I enjoyed doing it, I was working with people, I was happy. And that, to me, was always much more important. That's why, like, I never went for my MBA. A lot of, I, I got to a point in my career, people were saying, oh, you should get your MBA, you'll make more money. And I was like, "Yeah." then it just, it didn't appeal to me. Like, it just didn't make me feel good. So I was like, no, that's not for me. So what Abraham is saying in this quote is, you know, follow your joy, follow your bliss. Doesn't mean you're always going to, you know, uh, make a ton of money just doing one thing that you're really happy about. But even if it's not the thing that makes you the most happy, lean in that direction, gravitate towards happiness. You know, or, or do you enjoy working with people? Maybe you don't enjoy working with people. Maybe you prefer working with computers and equipment. So find something where you can work with equipment. But it doesn't have to be just one thing. And and that's what I really want to impress upon you today is we can work at different things and be happy. It doesn't have to be one thing. You know, a lot of people I know who like want to be actors and actresses, you know, they want to be the star of a movie or a play. But sometimes those roles don't come around so often. And there are a lot of other things that you can do that you can still be happy about that maybe are supporting in the entertainment industry. You know, if you know, like, just you want to work in the entertainment industry, and that what makes you happy? Great. There are many different things that you can do that way. Find where your joy leads you and find where people see the value in what you can contribute and they will pay you for that value because ultimately that's what it's about. When people see value in what you're contributing, regardless of what the work is, they will pay you. So find where you can add value and be happy at the same time. So two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham today. Um, I hope you enjoyed them. And when we come back from break, I'm going to introduce you to our guest who's on the line today, an amazing author with some very much in alignment with these quotes, and I think you will really like them. So quick shout out to Denise, fellow talk show host, tuning in on on the Facebook Live. Uh, Cole and Elaine, thank you guys for all tuning in. And we will be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
3: 24 hours a day.
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Quick shout out to Dell. Thank you for joining the Facebook Live. And just a quick reminder, if anybody um, wants to uh, comment or ask questions, just type it right into the comment section of the Facebook Live, or you can always call us at 877-480-4120. It is now my extreme pleasure to welcome our guest, Derek Rydell, who's one of the new generation of spiritual visionaries and thought leaders, and is a number one best selling author of the book Emergence Seven Steps for Radical Life Change. And in that book, he revealed revolutionary principle, the law of emergence, showing people how to tap into the pattern of perfection in any area of their life and create the right conditions to unfold it. However, he, we're here to talk about his new book, The Abundance Project, 40 Days to More Wealth, Health, Love, and Happiness, where Derek presents a time-tested system for activating the abundance principle, which sets you free from the belief that outer conditions determine your life and shows you how to generate everything you need, no matter what conditions you face. And just to give you an idea, this guy is no slouch. Uh, uh, Derek has a diverse background that includes training. Training executives at Fortune 500 companies like uh, American Express and Walt Disney, and empowered uh, leadership and empowered leadership and communications, as well as coaching celebrities and media professionals on creating conscious entertainment. And he's also a fellow uh, uh, podcast uh, host. Uh, of his own top rated show called The Emergence Podcast, and he's where he shares his spiritual principles for success and strategies for achieving financial freedom and abundance, as well as master productivity and creativity and gain true wealth and happiness. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Derek.
4: Oh, thank you. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here.
0: Ah Well, it's great to have you. It's great to have you. Um, so I, I have to ask you you, 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 you wrote this book on the law of emergence and now a new one on the abundance principle. Uh, like, did you know when you were younger that, that you know, you were ending up going to be an author and, and, and work on and, and helping people to understand these principles of the universe?
4: No, no. When I was younger, I thought I was going to be a time traveler and build time machines. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> uh, I love in it. In fact,
4: I built, I built a few of them, you know. Uh, unfortunately, the cardboard wasn't quite the right material. Uh, it's another dimension. But, no, you know, what's interesting, though, is when I look back and reflect on my journey, all the clues were there. Uh-huh. I was an artist, and I was, okay. you know, drawing and painting uh, you know, kind of utopian of possibility, and I was—I uh, had painted something about pollution and how to end it on the planet. And when I got to be uh, a teenager, I became really interested in religions and would go to my friends' houses. Uh-huh. And they study different religions, you know, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, and I didn't know why I was interested in that. And then when I was in my late teens, or maybe mid-teens. I always used to have this. Ex- I used to have this experience where I would suddenly see the best in my friends, and I would have to tell mm. them what I was seeing, and it turned them out. You know, my one friend even uh, gave it a name. He called it the love bomb. And wasn't <laughs> it. He, that wasn't a compliment. He's like, dude, what's with the love bomb, man? Uh. And, um, so I had to kind of put that under wraps for a while, so I could see mm. all the clues of a seeker, of something was emerging, and now many of those things, you know, showed up in my life. I did not think I was going to write books. In fact, when I first got the hit, you know, the download that I was supposed to write my first book, I was very resistant because it felt like an assignment in my English class. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was a dramatic writer of plays and stuff, but not of uh, nonfiction. And, you know, as things, yeah, when you honor the guidance and the direction and you're willing right. to grow to meet it, a whole new world opens up. And, of course, that's what happened for me.
0: Right, right. So you said you, 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 you kind of got this hit to write your first book. Was there uh, some kind of incident or something that happened in your life at the time that made you say, you know yeah, what, I, I got to put this stuff down on paper?
4: Yeah, really great question. Yeah, what happened was I was a, I was a script I was a script. Doctor, script consultant. I was an actor, okay. and then I started writing screenplays, and um, and I became a very successful script consultant, and uh, and you know began to write scripts, and I would get into situations where they'd be optioned to be made into movies, and big stars would be attached, and uh-huh. all this build up only to watch it fall to pieces over and over again. Uh-huh. And a screenplay is basically a blueprint for a movie. It's not something people just hand around and read. They don't curl up by the fire and read a nice screenplay usually. So (laughs) it's like, it's like an architect constantly creating blueprints and never seeing a building erected. And the pain of never really being able to give birth to my creations fully drove me to ask, how can I express myself in a way where, uh, the potential of it fulfilling itself in the world and doing its work in the world isn't dependent on a bunch of other people's agendas. And what came very clearly is I need to write a book because the book is the thing. Even if I self-published it, it's still the completed thing. And it was right. the beginning of me taking more control or dominion of my own life rather than feeling like a victim of other people's decisions. And, and it came through very clearly what to write and... Um and I sold it very quickly and you know that's my career as an author of wow. books. But so it was it was really the pain of uh, you know, kind of my creative life suffering a stillbirth over and over again right. that I finally it drove me to dig deeper and to become better and ultimately to open, open
5: right.
0: an
4: opportunity. So- and of course that led to multiple books and multiple businesses and, you know, the life that I live now.
0: One of the things that's led to it. And that's a really great lesson for people and I want to just focus on this for a minute. That, you know, we often think of pain as being a bad thing, that pain is something we want to try and avoid, yet it was the pain of things not working out for you that actually drove you, as you said, for digging deeper and to come up with something new and to um, really experience um, becoming an author that had the pain not been there, you might not have. So was that pain a bad thing? No, not really. Um so I think that's a good thing for our audience to keep in mind that sometimes we need the pain to motivate us to help make us feel uncomfortable enough so that we do something different.
4: Absolutely. I would even go so far as to say not sometimes but <laughs> always the pain is a message. Yeah. And the chronic pain is often a message that you are trying to cope or manage To live in a world that is actually too small for you now. Mm. And like in the principle that I talk about, if you could imagine an acorn has self-consciousness, and so it it knows itself as an acorn. The only thing the acorn wants to do is be the best nut in the forest, right? It doesn't know itself as a mighty oak tree. Right. And so when... If, if that was the case, if it had self-consciousness, when the oak was starting to emerge and cracking its shell to the acorn, that would be extremely painful. And if it, mm. if it had self-consciousness, it would probably call in the shell repair bank to, please fix my shell, hold my shell. This is the only thing protecting me and keeping me safe and alive. Mm. And in fact, it has to die to its acornness in order for the oak to emerge. And so in nature, it doesn't resist that emerging impulse, Hmm. but humanly we can't. And so pain becomes suffering and then it becomes stagnation. And then we are trying to still live like an acorn when who we really are is an oak tree. And that's where many of our problems show up. They show up as all these symptoms, you know, health, wealth, relationship issues, emotional issues. And then we just try to fix the emotional, relational, financial issue right. when often the real issue is there's a bigger version of us trying to emerge right. and get in touch with it and kind into integrity with it and let it out. And um, I'll say one last quote because I know you like quotes. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a quote in the Gospel of Thomas that one of the lost books uh, yeah. and it says, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you.
5: Ooh. So
4: it's very powerful. In, in wow. nature, it could be said as either bloom or be pruned. So mm. we're, we're, we're being called always to a bigger life, a better life, a more abundant life. But because we're attached to our past, our story, our identity, our self concept we often resist it, and what ensues is pain and struggle. Mm-hmm. So in my experience, all pain is a signal. There's more of you trying to come out.
0: Wow, okay. So I take it that's the, the law of emergence, that there's always something greater within us that's working to to come out, to emerge. Always. Always. Even
4: in science, they have the principle of the chaos theory, which says yeah. that... Behind, if you step back far enough from any chaotic appearance, and chaos is the disintegration and the breakdown of structures, yeah. if you step back far enough, to a larger order all emerging. And they even have a new word called chaotic.
0: Ah, yes, yes, yes. The, the law of uh, entropy and enthalpy. Um, exactly. So it sounds like the, the Abundance Project sounds like a logical next step from the, the emergence.
4: Yeah, well, what happened was, um, you know, I had, if you, if you read Emergence, and if not, I'll just super briefly share, you mm-hmm. know, like so many people, I'd been on a, a personal development journey for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And after over a decade of trying to self-improve you know improve myself, the only thing I had improved was my ability to describe why my life was so messed up. <laughs> and, um, and eventually the frustration, stress of it, drove me to become addicted to drugs and alcohol, almost died of an overdose, uh, and then a few months later, almost drowned. And uh, in that drowning experience, I, I had a breakthrough, a uh, revelation, a uh, satori. I, uh, my Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, and something cracked open in me just before I was about to drown, and I saw that this guy I've been trying to fix and improve was just a figment of my imagination, uh, and a, an amalgamation of societal conditioning, peer mm-hmm. pressure, etc. And that, uh, but there was a real me behind that that had never been hurt, so he didn't need to be fixed, and was already complete. So he didn't—he could not be improved upon. That, in fact, self-improvement mm-hmm. was an oxymoron. Mm-hmm. And it was a super fast glimpse, but it shattered my self-concept. And I pulled out of society to become a monk, and oh. that didn't work out too well. I began <laughs> to fasting and silence. I got so freaked out, I broke into the monk's kitchen in the middle of the night and stole food out of their refrigerator. <laughs>
0: so
4: well, I decided what? maybe I, the monastic life was. I
0: today. have to ask you. But I went
4: on this inner journey oh. to discover what had happened. What did I see? And oh, that's wow. when I discovered this this vision, this awareness of which is basically that. Everything you need to be all you're meant to be is already in you, like yeah. every other seed on the planet. Right. And when the conditions are right, it emerges. So, so that, that changed my life. It took me from gotcha. being broke, and broken into all the things I do now, and then very rapidly. Wow. But along the way, I also discovered why was more abundance showing up? What was behind this, this aspect of and not just for me, but for the people I began to coach and support, I saw that one very specific thing was they were having more and more abundance. Not just abundance of wealth, but abundance in many areas of their life, okay. where there was stagnation and lack. I discovered okay. that one of the aspects of the emergence, or what I call the emerging process, um, revealed the key of what I went to call the Abundance Principle.
0: Okay. So Derek, can we hold it there for a second? Yes, sir. Uh, I I want you to hold that thought because when we come back from break, I want to dive into the Abundance Project. But just real quickly, I just have to know, what kind of monk did you try to become?
4: It was um, uh, Self-Realization Fellowship. Uh, What is that? Is that Hinduism?
0: Ah, okay. just curious because this station was actually founded by a gentleman who ended up becoming a Theravadan monk. Um, Giorgio who's still very near and dear to our hearts so wow. uh, I, I always have there's this very special place in my heart for, for all monks so <laughs> all right <Me> too. <laughs> so, so uh, I want you to hold that thought I want everybody on the you Facebook live uh, or listening on talkradio.nyc if you have questions you can call in at 877-480-4120 or simply post your questions in the comment section of the video on Facebook live and we will be right back Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with author Derek Rydell, author of the book The Abundance Project. Um, so we left off last segment, uh, Derek, kind of talking about how as you began to realize uh, that you don't need to be fixed, which is uh, something that, that that I also, through my own work, had come to a couple of years ago, um, and, and how when you started working with your clients, like abundance just seemed to naturally unfold in front of yourself and the people that you worked with so what was it that you noticed that, that kind of why this was happening
4: yeah well one of the stages in the emergence process is give what appears missing hmm. and it's based on the the principle the core principle of emergence which is that as I was saying, everything is already in you. Just like the oak is already in the acorn, right. the acorn doesn't go out and get an oak or attract an oak or achieve an oak or improve itself yeah. into an oak. It allows that which is already in it to come out. Uh-huh. And this, this was a revelation to me. This was when I went back and began reading the great text, the Christian t- teachings of Jesus and all that, I could see that's exactly what he was teaching too. He called it the kingdom of heaven, Buddha called mm-hmm. it Nirvana, Lao Tzu mm-hmm. called it the dat- Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of us. And so I began to realize that we didn't come here to get anything. We brought it all with us to let it out of us, to give it, mm-hmm. to circulate it, to share it. And that whatever we meet is what we bring. That whatever we're waiting for, we're actually waiting with and weighing it down And that this is the ultimate weight loss program. (laughs) Um, So that was the big revelation was like, oh, this is the key. And I could begin to see when I was diagnosing a person's situation, wherever there was stagnation and lack, they were either waiting for something to change in them or outside or someone or they were. Um, in resistance to the the condition that something was missing or they were blaming, judging, attacking or trying to manipulate the person or condition to get the thing they thought was missing and all of those things were exacerbating their feeling of stagnation and stuck and victimhood. But when we reversed it and we identified what they were experiencing missing let's say it's a relationship I'm not being appreciated enough Mm -hmm. valued enough, respected enough when they began to give that quality first to themselves. In other words, ask the question, if I was really, if I felt truly loved or if I loved and valued myself, how would I treat me? How would I show up today? How would I show up in this relationship? It started to turn on this inner generator and they started to activate that quality within them and their situation began to shift as a result. And then the next question is, how can I give this? To the other person rather than trying to get it Right. and that up, up leveled it yet again. And then finally, be on the lookout for where the quality actually is coming to you. And then mm-hmm. began to see it. And those are the three steps. In fact, that is the law of circulation. You uh-huh. cannot give what you don't have. You cannot keep what you don't give mm-hmm. and you cannot sustain what you won't receive. And when those three pieces were going, it was a complete circuit it it fixed what was a broken circuit and wherever there's a complete circuit there's circulation Mm. and wherever there's circulation there's energy there's power and there's growth Mm -hmm. and so I began to notice people have these broken circuits and when I showed them how to repair the circuitry life started flowing again and when life you know think about a body of water where there's no inlet or outlet there's no flow it becomes a swamp What happens to the environment? It starts to die around it. It
0: stagnates.
4: Right? It stagnates. The animals stop coming to drink. The animals stop doing what they do. The plants stop growing as much. And it becomes what was an oasis becomes a swamp. But if you open up the inlet and outlet again and circulation starts over time, that swamp will become an oasis again.
0: Right, and I think it's such a a, a a beautiful reminder that you know if there's something missing that we feel that we think that in our rational mind we say, "Oh, I don't have enough of this in my life. I don't have enough of that in my life." It's a call for us to give more of that. If if you know you feel you don't have. Uh, enough friendships in your life how are you being friendly to others if you you want more support in your life how much are you supporting others if you want uh, more communication in your life how much are you communicating with others Um, that it it pretty much works with anything right
4: well so here's the the missing distinction that really made this different is that that we've heard that before you want more love be more loving and that's true but it's not the complete picture Mm-hmm. Because a lot, especially for the people listening and those that are heart centered, spiritually inclined, mm-hmm. most a lot of heart centered, spiritually inclined people already feel like they're giving so much of themselves to others. And when they hear that, they're like, I'm already burned out and overwhelmed for taking care of everybody. Right. And I'm giving my services away for free. What more do you want from me? And so what we have to understand is that that has to first be applied to you.
0: You. Yes, so exactly. So if the love
4: is missing, you have to love yourself more.
0: Right.
4: Then you're filled up because you cannot right. give what you don't have.
0: Yeah. I always and, say to people, it's like, you, you, I always say to people, you can't give from a cup that's half empty. You can only give yeah. from a cup that's overflowing because then you give from your abundance. Exactly yeah beautiful and
4: then, the, and then and then the middle piece is now you have to give away what you have because that's what starts the circulation. That's what turns on the divine power plant. Mm. but then you the third piece it's often missing, is you have to receive that quality back. Right. so how many times do people compliment you and you go, "Oh, this old dress, that's yeah. nothing. I just threw <laughs> this on. oh, this dress right. oh, I just threw that together. yeah, you deflect. Yeah. And we don't let the love and the support that's all around us get in. And so we have to think of it like a breath. You have to first breathe in and then you have to breathe out. But then you also, and it automatically will happen if you let it, you have to let the air come back in again. Mm -hmm. You must have all three pieces or it's a broken circuit. And we can fake our way through a lot of broken circuits because we don't see the effect immediately. Try faking it with your breath. (laughs) (laughs) try giving your breath away all day long you will not make it to the day No, just holding your breath you won't make it you need it to be constantly circulating
0: yes absolutely absolutely Um, now you've coached people and I imagine like like myself you've coached people who are in some pretty difficult situations at the time how do you help them to see how to apply these principles when they're in the middle of Uh, a very trying time or a loss or just a very difficult situation?
4: Yeah, well, the first thing to understand is when you're in that struggle, you know, if you fall into quicksand, the thing you don't want to do immediately is struggle to get out. Right. Because you'll just get sucked in deeper. And so when we're in a challenging situation, the first thing we need to begin to do is take a breath, step back and hold ourselves and the situation and what we're feeling about it Mm -hmm. very tenderly, very patiently and with compassion so that we can begin to get a little bit of expanded awareness around the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise what happens is we react to it and by reacting we actually feed it more and more and more and that's why Einstein said you can't solve a problem at the level of, of the problem
0: right at the level and of thinking that caused the problem At the level yeah. of
4: thinking of the problem exactly and so uh we have to first stop reacting and right. begin to not become detached but non-attached so you're you're mm-hmm. present you're feeling what you're feeling but you're not reacting you're not creating more story i.e more karma you're just present holding it and then mm-hmm as we begin to feel the spin slow down, so we're not just running around unconsciously reacting to a pattern, now we have to move our attention from being a problem solver to a vision holder. In other words, the pain will push us until we have a vision big enough that pulls us. Mm. And so we have to now begin to ask a bigger question, not why me, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with them, why God have you forsaken me, but... What's the larger life trying to emerge by means of this? Mm. What's the quality that's trying to be activated as a result of this condition? Mm. Just like a forest fire is needed to activate the potential within the jack pine. What is this fire, you know, trying to bring out in me? And that's a very much more expansive question. And we start asking those questions and then we can move to, if I really knew I was supported by life, if I really knew I could be successful, what would I really want to be, do, create, or contribute? Mm. Now we're starting, you can even feel that if you ask those questions versus, why me? What's wrong with me? Why isn't this working? You'll notice that energy will crimp your field and, yeah. and, and shrink your energy field or your channel, which leads to more stagnation. Right. But these questions, you feel it starts to open up. Right. energy starts to flow
0: again. Right. That was something so I learned a long time ahead. ago. There's Something I learned a long time ago that sort of the, the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions we ask ourselves when nobody is Absolutely. looking. And so when we ask ourselves, why is this happening? Why me? Why this? The, the unconscious mind will always find an answer for you and that will just make you feel that's worse. Right. Whereas if you reframe it the way you're talking about in a more... Um, solution focused or or result focused manner of like, how does this serve me? How do what what is this trying to emerge from me? What is what is the lesson in this for me, that then your mind will find that and you'll feel much better about the situation.
4: Absolutely. And, and one of the distinction I would add there is that it's not about asking the question, like, how do I solve this problem? Because right. that brings you back into the, the level of the problem. Right. You, you, the solution to every problem is outside of the perimeter and parameters of the problem. Right. And so that's why Einstein said at the level of the thinking, thinking. of the problem, right. you have to get outside of that. Right. And once you do, it's, you can never solve a problem. Problems can't be solved. They're emblems of a of a state of consciousness or a Mm. vibration, Mm. right? Like like ice will always exist below thirty two degrees, and even if you pour hot water on it, it's going to become more ice. Mm. So you have to rise to a higher temperature. So problems aren't solved; they dissolve as we evolve. Ooh, that's a good one. By having a bigger vision than your problem, and. That's also why Einstein later said, arrows of hate have been shot in my direction many times, but they no longer can hurt me or touch me because they come from a world I no longer inhabit. Mm. And that's what we do. We rise into a new frequency, a more expanded awareness. And in that higher frequency, many of our problems cannot exist. Right. So they they seem to get resolved or to dissolve. Right. But it's just because we live in a world where they do not exist anymore.
0: Right. Exactly. Beautiful. Okay, I want to hold it there. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last break of the show. <laughs> so hold that thought, and when we come back, we'll go talk about just, you know... Uh, what you've learned from this and how our audience can apply it and where they can find your book and all that other and you and all that, and your podcast and all that other good stuff. So everybody, including our latest viewers, Vincent, Alice, Jane and Steph, Stephen, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Derek Rydell, author of the book, The Abundance Proje- Project. And we'll be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network talkingalternative.com
0: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Derek Rydell, author of the book, The Abundance Project. So, Derek, I mean, this all kind of emerged from you, I guess, a a few years ago, yeah? These principles, these ideas, these notions?
4: Yeah, well, the original... breakthrough that ultimately led to my new life. You know, the kind of, you could say, spiritual opening happened uh, about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took me, you know, a good number of years to really, truly embody or integrate it. Um, The abundance, and it was in that time that the abundance principle revealed itself and I applied it to my own life and, and, you know, it led to world travel and multiple homes and A global business so I was sure that I was on to something Mm -hmm. and then I began to teach it and see similar results happen for people Um, so it's been an ongoing evolution.
0: Right so when you started to to teach it to others like did you find people had some resistance to it were there like challenges to people really grasping the concepts or did it just flow very smoothly?
4: Well no I mean people when they hear me articulate in the way that I do, they usually get it and resonate with it and often to such a degree that it's like an aha moment for them. Mm. But the actual implementation and practice is another story. And that's because the ego, there's an evolutionary artifact of the ego that it's it's designed to prevent change. Yes, Um, You know, because in our evolution as a species, it was an experiment. And if we changed too quickly, we wouldn't have made it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we would have gone to a place where there was no food or there was dangerous animals. If we just kept changing really fast, we wouldn't have been able to integrate all the, the newness. But that same thing now that helped us survive to now prevents us from really truly evolving. So we have to override that. Mm-hmm. And so what it looks like is people start to do the work and then these ego thresholds come up and they sound very rational. I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't have the support, I don't know how to do it, I'm overwhelmed, I'm confused, etc. And they think those are legitimate reasons to stop, slow down, back away, change tracks, follow another shiny object. And so one of the most important pieces of my coaching is to help people really see what's going on in those critical moments so they can cross that threshold. Because on the other side of it, is where the next level of their expression lives. But most people back away, like a plane going around the runway to get lift up speed and the cockpit starts shaking. If you're not a pilot, you're gonna go, oh my God, we're in danger and slow down. But if you understand what's happening, you just push through it and the plane levels off once it gets through that particular threshold. Or like the sound barrier would be another example. So. So that's the key, that's one of the critical things we have to override. Otherwise, right. it's like you know the average person doesn't live seventy to ninety years; they live the same year seventy to ninety <laughs> times, right? Yes. Just changing jobs, changing locations, changing mates, changing cereal, changing their underwear. Hopefully, um, but they <laughs> Some never of us, yeah. really break through to the new version of themselves, and that's mm-hmm. what I help people get through. And that's one of the reasons why. They get real results and they're sustainable results.
0: Do you find that there are some common like blind spots when it comes to to implementing this work, or or resistance, or or, or sort of like this, you know, programming within us that 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 goes against sort of all these principles?
4: Absolutely. Well, the I, the one I mentioned is the most critical one, right. and uh, the second one, which is connected, is all about commitment. You uh. know, people. You must commit, and commitment means sealing the container. It means stepping into the crucible and locking the emergency door behind you, sealing the pressure cooker so it's not leaking. Mm. And again, what happens is people commit until it gets hard, scary, boring, tedious, Mm. confusing or overwhelming, and then they misdiagnose that experience and they break their commitment and go do something else or slow down or back off until the temperature gets back down again, and then they end up starting all over again, and they just loop around and around the runway. So that's, in my experience, the most critical thing. And in fact, I wanted to share one other little distinction, because I heard your opening comments about we have all the time in the world. And that is a spiritual truth. We are eternal. We will never die. We live forever. But here's where spiritual teachings get hijacked by the ego and actually hurt us. Because, yes, we are eternal. We will live eternally. But this incarnation is not eternal. Mm -hmm. And so you have all the time in the world. And in the now moment, you are in eternity. But you do not have all the time in the world to fulfill your mission here. And, in fact, the number one regret of the dying, not number two, three, four, five, but number one, is why didn't I go for it? Why did I keep telling yeah. myself tomorrow, tomorrow, next year? Or I don't have the time, energy, money, support. Why why didn't I go for it? Because on our deathbed, we realized we had been delaying and putting our life on the layaway plan. And now it is actually too late to fulfill this incarnation. So I really want people to understand that you have to learn how to hold both of these truths simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I have all the time in the world so that you have a sense of spaciousness and presence. Right. And I have very limited time. I better get to work on mm-hmm. being and doing and contributing the thing I'm here for.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So uh, we're almost near the end of the show. I'm just curious. Do you know, what, is there more books inside of you coming out? What What's next for Derek oh, Rydell?
4: Oh, my God. There's like... I'm like an air traffic control yeah. kind on of the runway with all these planes <laughs> trying to land uh, and I'm like oh, just be patient we'll send up some fuel but I gotta land you one at a time <laughs> there uh, are so cool. many there's so much in me that's, that's downloading um, awesome there will be many more books programs they are all that but if they want to get this book and yes. um, for a limited time next question giving, yeah over $1,200 in bonus programs and actual live coaching to support you guys in actually creating your own abundance project. Now, I don't want the book to just become more shelf help. Right. I don't want your shelf to get better. I want you to get better. Right. So if you go to the dot com, the okay. and you get it there through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever, put in your info, we're gonna send you passwords and access to these other programs, and this coaching support and to the abundance project mastermind so we can help you really get results mm. and by the way you mentioned the emergence podcast yes it's just called emergence but there's also the abundance project podcast ah. so while you're waiting for your book to come go over to itunes and download all the trainings for free under the abundance project podcast as well
0: wonderful wonderful and do you have a website for the podcast
4: um, well, the podcast is just The Abundance Project the abundance is, in iTunes. Mm-hmm. I think it's also on Stitcher. But you mm-hmm. can also go to my website, which is just DerekRydell.com, D-E-R-E-K-R-Y-D-A-L-L.
0: Beautiful, Derek. Well, thank you so much for taking the time now to, to come on our show. You have to promise thank me you. that when you make it to New York City, you'll let me know ahead of time so I can get you here in studio and we can talk about your next book, Okay. Oh, that would be wonderful. It that would, would be, wonderful. be I awesome. Look forward to it. All right. Thank well, you fantastic. for
4: all the awesome work you're doing
0: too. Ah, thank you. I I really appreciate that. It's one of the reasons I love doing this uh, show is um, to be able to share with amazing people and meet amazing people like yourself. So, thank you, Derek. Thank
4: you. Take care, everybody.
0: Take care. And thank you, my wonderful, loyal fans and listeners. Thank you for listening to the Facebook live stream. Thank you for listening on talkradio.nyc. And thank you if you're listening on the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or a uh, million and one places that we, we should be listed. So, and and to let you know, we will be back next week, 12 noon Eastern. Uh, don't forget, there are more great shows on talkradio.nyc on Fridays. We've got 11 a.m. Building the Blockchain, 12 noon Follow Me Friday. Friday with Joan and Priya and 1 p.m. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Thank you guys. You're amazing. You're great. And I will speak with you next week.
1: listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, this is Bruce Chemoff, host of the Web Design and Technology Coach. Join me and my guests every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. as we discuss the latest in web design, social media marketing, search engine optimization, and technology. We also discuss popular topics, including WordPress, making money online, better Google rankings, and more. Every month, we also feature the best unsigned music from around the world, right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
4: At www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting
1: 24 hours a day.
0: Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
1: listening to the Talking Alternative Network.